MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. Okay, we're going to talk some baseball, but let's lead... And AJ, hit us with my options, because I'm. But here's what I can say: It's not Serena Williams. Okay, that wasn't on my list of options. Roquan Smith asked for a trade out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. The Jets likely lose Makai Becton for yet another season, and Josiah publicly backs the Nets front office and coaches, opposite of what we presumed would be the case yesterday. You know, I thought Colin had a really interesting angle on this. So let's Vegas lead, and obviously the odds really matter when it comes to these things because they give us a a measurement of what the smartest people, the collective IQ of the world, when it comes to batting, when it comes to future events in sports, no entity, no person is better than Vegas. You might say, well, how does RJ win money against Vegas if he's not better than Vegas? Well, they got to put a lineup on every game. Mm-hmm. I, could, I just got to find a couple of errors. But if I was forced to put up my own line or any better – 
it would get crushed relative to how the Vegas. Now, is that because Vegas? As a uh, entity, or let's say a sports book is smarter than a, a couple of gamblers that get together. No, it means that their numbers probably get crushed too. But it's such a small percentage of their overall handle they're fine with it with those openers. But then it's the public getting involved in collective IQ and and the wisdom of crowds is what makes that line so effective. It's not any given opener. Some are better than others. It's the wisdom of crowds. And you know what? That's what the odds is, the wisdom of crowds. And we'll see in this Brooklyn situation what the odds say, but uh, it's it's interesting. Yesterday, the news came out that Kevin Durant said, okay, I'll stay in Brooklyn. I want to be traded. Or you can fire uh, Steve Nash and Sean Marks. We assumed one thing yesterday. Then Joe Sy tweeted last night publicly. Well, we assumed one thing. Yeah, you're going to share what people well, I was saying? assuming this would be the opposite. I was going to say Joe Sy tweeted the well, opposite it's yesterday. It's not an SAT test. What did we think yesterday? We thought it's much easier to replace Steve Nash and Sean Marks than it is to find an equal trade value for Kevin Durant. You want to keep Kevin Durant happy? So you seems like an easy way to do it. You don't value loyalty. Uh, I think in the NBA, the it's loyalty's, expediency. Loyalty's very, very overrated. Which. No, I don't, at I, least when I, it comes to coaches and, and front office people, I think it's underrepresented. Okay, but if anything, scarcity makes it more valuable. I think in very rare instances in the NBA, head coach matters nearly to the level that. But this is the good GM players too. matter. The GM is the li- liaison with the owner. Yes. So, but oftentimes we see teams even not have a general manager, just the president of basketball operations that but, runs the but, show. But, but I mean, you tell me, because I'm not an expert, isn't that semantics? Yeah. Isn't that LinkedIn stuff? I mean, there's one guy running the show. Yes. And it's, it's, it's the GM in Brooklyn, right? So, I mean, he's the number one guy? Well, I mean, I, other than the owner? I think going back to what you just said about the odds, when Kevin Durant says, I want to trade, I want out of here, the odds jump from, you know, 8 to 1 to 40 to 1. Mm-hmm. If they said, well, you know, Sean Marks isn't going to be back next well, year, no, my no, guess no, is no. the odds don't move a bit. No, no, no one's debating, and let's say for the record, that Kevin Durant affects the spread more than Steve Nash as a coach, and even Steve Nash as a two-time MVP. <laughs> right? but, but also, the GM doesn't affect things very much either, at least – in ways that are discernible. I mean, Danny Ainge is surely worth a lot. I mean, trading back and taking, um, uh, what was it? It was uh, Folks? Was it, what was that dude's name? Markel Folks and said they get Tatum and, and Jalen Brown consecutive drafts. Yeah. yeah, but I think it was uh, the Tatum mm-hmm. was that, who is their superstar, right? Yeah, it was not... the Ben Simmons year was the Jalen Brown year. Yeah, yeah, so to me, yeah, those decisions, taking magic, you know, <laughs> those things, and, and Larry, you know, obviously the big draft choices really matter. You know, quick aside, I think I'm going to do something different. Tell me, this is kind of associated with those drafts and stuff. You know where uh, Wayne Gretzky's first professional team was? I don't really involve myself with hockey. I, I, w- I would have thought it was Edmonton. Nope. You know? The Indianapolis Racers. Mm. Were from That's the, a made-up The team. World Hockey. Yeah. And I, I was looking around on eBay. You can buy the uh, program his r- rookie year. Or not the program, but the media guide. Uh-huh. All right? I'm thinking about saying, what are the 10 biggest seasons in the history of sports in which a guy stepped in and just changed everything. Like I would say, like uh, I would say, Barry Sanders at Oklahoma State. I mean, he came in and the numbers. He it was like no one knew what was going to happen. Then it happened, right? Then we can go down the list, right? Wouldn't it be cool to have the media guide for the season those guys emerge, either college or pro? 
And for ten, like Gretzky's first year, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and that would be an interesting little conversation. Uh, Joe Burrow, probably a more recent version of that. No, like, I don't think so. I think we're talking about like Joe Burrow ha- is what the sixth or seventh best quarterback right now. Well, it's the best offensive season in college football history. Oh, you mean at LSU? Yeah, yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah, that is probably the best offense we've seen. Yeah, and we didn't expect that. Right. It wasn't like I mean, if any, that's a cast off of a high state. So imagine those like shocking type year, like Lawrence Taylor's, you know, Giants. Mm-hmm. What would that list be? And then you have the original, you know, some of them are forty years old media guy. Yeah, and I bet they have a little paragraph about them. They don't have, you know, because it's before they emerge. Yeah. Okay. Back to straight out of Vegas here. Well, that was straight out of Vegas, but back to the conversation. We're talking Brooklyn. Continue. Yeah. Joe Sy's comments last night. Our front office and coaching staff have my support. We will make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. So here's the thing. Durant's worth more, but you don't know what you're getting with Durant. Meaning, who's to say what's going to happen tomorrow? Collins' theory was this. Durant feels like they're asking too much. He wants to get out of there. Everything they ask means the team he goes to is gutted. Mm-hmm. Right? So how do you win? You know, it just will look like he lost in another place. So he has incentive, Kevin Durant, to lower the demands of Brooklyn. One, he doesn't want to gut the team he goes to. And two, he wants to get traded. And like Colin said, this was very sharp, I thought. He said he's just causing disruption. He's like the employee that they have to get rid of. They're waiting a couple weeks to transfer him, but now he just punched the boss. But he didn't punch him enough to get in jail, so maybe not punch him. He just tipped over his trash can. Now what? Get rid of this guy. Kevin Durant's shaking things up. And that, he didn't intend to stay. He just wanted to shake things up. That is a sharp take, especially if he thinks that Josiah would never fire Steve Nash and, and Sean Marks. That's a, a great way to get your way and say, listen, okay, here's the ultimatum. Yeah, that's interesting. Or he sees the way that LeBron James has handled things and decides, hey, I could also have my hand pick of head coaches and win a championship either. I mean, LeBron gets a coach fired and puts in a new coach, and Frank Vogel, I mean, say what you will about the bubble championship, they won a championship with Frank Vogel. Uh, gets, you know, gets his way all the time. I always felt like that Kevin Durant kind of did have a say in the Steve Nash. Hiring because he coached yeah. under him in Golden State. Like Steve Nash was an assistant on, mm-hmm. on those teams. I just assume when Kevin Durant went there, and then Steve Nash soon followed that it at a minimum had Kevin uh, Kevin Durant's blessing on it on the hire. I agree with that hundred percent. And remember now, the thing they said was the straw that broke the camel's back. In hindsight and reporting, was when Kyrie and Durant were acting like they were the GM, and in the closing press conference of the season after the Boston loss. They were like, see in the fall, and they were talking like they, they're deciding who to bring back. And the owner said, enough's enough here. And then they got really hardcore, well, not really hardcore, but somewhat on Kyrie. And lo and behold, hey, even though he just opted in for 35 mil or whatever it is, Durant's like, you know, you didn't pay him enough quick enough. I'm out of here. And it's like, is that the guy you negotiate with? I don't want to say don't. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Don't negotiate with terrorists. But what is the concept of not negotiating with terrorists? They're not trustworthy. Don't negotiate with people who you think are negotiating in bad faith. Yeah, I think they're not trustworthy. And if you set a precedent of negotiating this, you're going to keep negotiating. Yes, agreed. Don't let a player decide who the coach is. At least he doesn't get to fire the coach. He should have a say in if you're a star because you want to keep him happy. Even if you just say, hey, what do you think? Yeah, you know, we had that guy at the bottom of the list. You said it. He was almost got the job, but he didn't. 
He'll be the next hire, maybe. Boom, now the guy feels good, right? What's your take on this overall? Why do you think, uh, and we're talking with Scott Seidenberg, why do you think he asked for this? Do you think he legitimately wanted it, or Collins' theory, he wanted to shake things up? Uh, I think that he is doing whatever it takes to uh, get his way. I don't think. And what's his way in this case? His way is his team, his players, his role. If it's Brooklyn or not. It's Brooklyn or not. It's his team, his players, his role. Whether he wants that role and teammates on the Nets, you know, like why ask it for a trade after the Kyrie opts in? Because okay. he got disrespected. But okay. I also have heard real quick that that um, him and Kyrie aren't get, aren't as close as they were, and sure, maybe he wants sure. to get out of there. Wants, okay, get out and pick his new teammates. But now, if the roster of any team that he goes to is not going to be good enough for him to have the role that he wants, well, then well, the how, role he wants is to win, right? Sure, and be the top dog. Yeah. Now, how can you then change the roster in Brooklyn? Well, you get a new general manager that's willing to trade Kyrie Irving. You get a general manager that's willing to do what it takes with Ben Simmons, as opposed to the current regime, which has accepted Kyrie's opt-in and is not going to trade him. So, wait a minute. All we have to do is do what it takes? What is that exactly with Kyrie? Flip him for Westbrook. I don't know. Get him out of there. But that can't be. I mean, imagine... How they, addition by subtraction for Durant's purposes. Obviously, the I, two the, the relationship's not there. Mackenzie, dust off those stats when those big three with Harden played together. I can't imagine that Kevin Durant would be happy with a Kyrie Irving for Russell Westbrook flip because no. you're you're way worse I from a imagine, basketball. I got to imagine Kevin Durant's just happy without Kyrie Irving on the team. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, 
You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. Kevin Durant says, fire the coach, fire the GM, and maybe I'll stay. Hmm. Colin's take was, no, he doesn't want that as much as he wants to disrupt things and get him shipped out of town cheaper, which helps him at the destination team and gets him out of town. I don't know. I do think it's funny. Did any of you two or, or Mackenzie, did you watch 24? Yeah, of course. Okay. Did you see the last season before they had the hiatus and they had like a, another season? Mm-hmm. It was like they had all it was they didn't know until midway through the season filming that it was going to be the last season. So the last half of the last season, Jack Bauer starts like at one point someone had something in his heart, the surgery, like a little microfilm or something. Jack Bauer takes a knife, kills the guy and pulls the film right, takes his heart in his hand and takes out the film. Like It was like no limits, scorched earth because it was the last year. Right. Imagine if Kevin Durant said, you know, Sunday, I'm just going scorched earth. He tells him that, you know, fire Nash, fire, and he makes it, and I'll give back money. Who knows what he does? Right when it's, oh, it happens, you hear him say, you know, actually, I've changed my mind. In fact, I never intended. What are you going to do now? Like, what would they do? Would we all be saying, <laughs> it's, it's, it's abhorrent? But we wouldn't do anything, would we? Because no. there's nothing to do. And Kevin Durant would say a variation of this. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> I drink it up! And what are you going to say, AJ? Nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. Scott, you going to say anything? Not to his face. No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he could almost bench 135. Oh, what was that? 185. 185. 185. <laughs> well, what do you make of now the report coming from the New York Post that Kyrie also is displeased with Steve Nash. The quote coming from a source saying, Kyrie hates these guys. He feels Nash is terrible and Marks is bad, end quote. I think it's all – McKenzie had something where Durant a couple of weeks ago said he he didn't – he wanted Ty Lue. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're trying to seed the ground for – because it looks like they think – I mean, right now the odds say they're going to be there. Wouldn't you rather weaken the power structure? Whoever comes in, maybe that's another part of this, right? He want, he figures he'll either get traded mm-hmm. 
because he's shaking things up, or there's a chance that he weakens, and now you got substitute teachers coming in or, or new hires, and you know they don't have that entrenched power base. Whatever strength the current GM and Nash have will be less or more than the strength a new hire in each position will have, right? Here's no a quote from two years ago on Kevin Durant's podcast. Mm-hmm. Speaking, this is, you know, this is whole, Durant talking. Durant and, uh, yeah, this is Kyrie first, then Durant. And this was, remember the whole Kenny Atkinson thing? He mm-hmm. was fired, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyrie Irving on the coaching situation, quote, I don't really see us as having a head coach. KD could be a head coach. Mm-hmm. I could be a head coach. And Durant says Jacques Vaughn could be a head coach, could do it one day. It's a collaborative effort. Yeah, and there's a variation of that that came out. You're saying that's two years ago. That's from October 2020. Okay. Uh, he said a variation of that not that long ago. Now, I don't know who's going to coach when he's not playing. I mean, he still can't be in the arena, so I, I don't know about that <laughs> half the time. Or at least it was this year. But let's not forget, there's one guy that I say his name, a coach, with four syllables. Except it's really two. Udoka, the Boston Celtic head coach who almost won a title this year in his first year was the number one, the bench coach behind Nash. Well, what we've seen from Udoka is this guy knows his X's and O's. I mean, he has like four O's in his name. <laughs> so, I mean, he knows that. And, <laughs> and I think that maybe what we thought was Nash, because Nash, I can just tell you from the whispers, from the people that kind of know more, like a Chris Broussard, if you listen closely, and many stations he follows this show, him and the, the Odd Couple, the name of the show is, is um, if you listen to the guys that really know, they'll drop hints that they can't report, but they're kind of, it's contextual to what they're saying, right? And I heard a lot of positive things about Nash in that regard. Would you, either of you guys, would you say that as of, let's say, the series entering in with Milwaukee when it was behind the toe on the line mm-hmm. series? There was a sense that Nash was a really good, like, young and experienced, but an up-and-comer, and they did not make a mistake. Wouldn't you guys agree that was the consensus? 100%. That's what it felt like. People, they, people uh, were saying he was exceeding expectations. Yeah, at that if point. that foot's not on the line, we're talking about inches away from the Nets probably winning the title last year. And that does bring up a point. When, when Harden was on the floor, when Durant was on the floor, and when Kyrie was on the floor— Mackenzie, what's our numbers? 128 offensive rating. To put that in context— how many, First of all, how many games? Uh, one second. All right. Wait, do you remember the 128 figures he doesn't have to open the file up? We're straight out of Vegas. All right, anything else on this subject? Let's go over the odds. So the odds before Durant said, hey, maybe I'll stay if you do X and Y, the odds were, before that were what? Last week they were 25 to 1. 25 to 1 to win the title. Now they were like 40 to 1 after his trade demand. That was on June 30th. They jumped to 40 to 1. Okay. And then it's kind of drifted back as the odds have increased that he stays. Yes. Okay. Because, like we said yesterday, let me ask you, Scott, let's say we know that he's staying. Uh, we don't. But they took it off the board. You can't, couldn't even bet as of yesterday if he stays or not. Or if he plays for Brooklyn or not, it was like the foregone conclusion because it was minus 400 before his announcement. So it's probably nine. You know, go ahead. And going back to last week, August 5th, for the Nets to be his next team was plus 150. So it's been a trend line towards the Nets. Well, it was a, a, a big spike towards the Nets before they took it off the board. It went from plus 150 to minus 400 with uh, with the announcement. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it was it was minus one fifty or plus plus one fifty. All right, so the announcement went up to four to one. Yeah. I thought, well, I, I don't think that's right. Mackenzie said it was four to one. Then the announcement came. Then they took it off the board. I read when it I the said opposite. Four to one. It's, well, what do you mean? I mean, what, Mackenzie, what one was it? 
This morning, or that morning, hours before the report, it was minus 400. When the report came out, they took it off. I stand corrected. Sorry. Okay. But it's funny when people correct things, and then they need corrected. Now, is someone going to correct me? No. No. Because they'd be correcting— Who corrects the corrector? They'd be correcting McKenzie. (laughs) So, you know, I'm just going—you know, attribution, attribution. McKenzie went to Yale. You know, we're straight out of Vegas. Okay, do you have those numbers, first of all? No. What is, what, wait, what's going on? 13-3 and three in the regular season. I'm just figuring out their playoff games as well. Go ahead. You relax, okay? Just tell us when you're ready. All right, so the odds went from 25-1 to 1 to 16-1, to 1, correct? 18-1. to 18-1. to 1. And they haven't moved today? They have not moved since this happened. Here's my question, Scott, and I posed this yesterday. Assuming Durant plays for Brooklyn and mm-hmm. Kyrie plays for Brooklyn, mm-hmm. Simmons is Simmons. What do you say the amount of uncertainty if you get past the touchy-feely stuff? Because let's be honest, if Brooklyn gets hot or if they're in winning a playoff series, you think they're going to be pouting or they think in mm. chance at redemption? Right? Sure. So really, what does all these touchy-feely emotions even mean when nothing matters to the playoffs? They were the seventh seed where they got to get in the playoffs, but they were the seventh seed. And they were the favorites in the East, Brooklyn. And, and you can argue that they know the regular season doesn't mean anything, right? We've seen that over the past several years, especially now at the play-in tournament. It's like they can sleepwalk their way. Durant doesn't have to play. Kyrie doesn't have to play. They're still going to get into the playoffs. So the postseason's all that matters. And once they're in the postseason, they're... you have that team at these odds. And that's my point. If you look at that team, isn't that team equally as good as the team entering the playoffs this year? Yeah, Brooklyn team, and they entered the playoffs this year. The what, favorite, the favorite, and they were what about seven to one, McKenzie? To win the title, yeah, 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 exactly. Or do, do you want to correct that, or is that right? It sounds right to me. All Let right, me correct the corrector. <laughs> All right, so to me, we're getting eighteen to one right now. Now we got to price in if we like Brooklyn. We got to price in the uncertainty that he may not be there the whole year. He may get so, traded. So let me ask you this now: Will the odds get better in the season? I think the minute they know for sure he's there, I think the odds do a big jump. It doesn't make sense because we have two markets that together tell the story. What's the odds of him getting Trey or staying with Brooklyn? And the market was saying about 80% before they it went higher and they took it off the board. Now, if it's 80%, then the 18 to 1 should be, I don't know, 14 to 1, 13 to 1, right? Okay, if it was 100%. But 13 to 1 is a lot higher payout than 7 to 1 was. So what's the difference between last year's team and this year's team if it gets to that, meaning Durant plays, and the odds tell us there's an 80-plus percent chance he does? But I don't know to trust that market. You always got to think about liquidity in these markets, and the liquidity in the will he play in Brooklyn is very low. So we can't trust that number. My thought is if that number's up right now, I'd be betting he's out of Brooklyn. Because the bigger market, which is the Super or the uh, NBA championship props, is saying one thing, this one's saying another. I trust the more liquid market, and, typically. And, and I'm aligning with you because if you ask me right now, I want no part of this. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. 
This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. So if you heard, McKenzie got some love because of his pretty amazing 57% NBA winners on 300-plus picks. He comes out, I said, you didn't even have to say a word. I just laid the facts out, and they're compelling. And he said, you know something? 
smacking his lips. <laughs> he's going, I, I don't know if he's eating pistachios all day or what, but he's got like skins up. You know, when you get pistachio yeah. skins in your gums, he's going, yeah, he's going, he goes, even I wouldn't take that bet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why did he have to say that? Okay, what were you thinking, Mackenzie? Like, you didn't screw it up, so you had to, or what? Yeah, no. I, I thought it would be sound humble, but it doesn't. So what that was a mistake. What about I don't that? know. You're saying, I'm so great that I put up 57%, and even that great person that is now older and wiser <laughs> couldn't beat that. What uh, the that heck was, the was humble about that? Even older, wiser Mackenzie, tough to beat 57%. He's doing it again. You know something? <laughs> I'm just putting a one-month moratorium on any mention of that record. On this radio show. Okay. All right? And if he does, it's, it's no big deal. Just $500 fine each time. It's the off-season. It's the best time to have the more. That doesn't matter. He's done. Okay. And then it's going to be one of those um, where he's suspended for that, and then it's indefinite. We'll have a, you know. <laughs> you have to reconvene in a month. Reconvene, and if, and if he doesn't yeah. like the ruling, I'm going to appeal yeah. to myself. What's the appellate process? Oh, I, I, I go to the bathroom, change my hat, and come back in, and oh. I'm the judge. Okay. We got two best bets coming up. Scott has one. I've got my – oh, no, wait a second. You don't have an extra best bet. You like mine that you I'm know gonna, about. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback on yours. All right, let's just get to it because I want to do a long handicap on this one. Okay, as of yesterday, I mean, AJ was talking. I didn't get the whole hand, I didn't get any of the handicap out, but I, I deliver on at least 55% of my teases. Not 57, but at least 55. <laughs> and I gave the pick, but now I'm giving the handicap. The pick was yesterday. Is Matt Stafford under – what was 4,500 and a half. 4,500 and a half. So 4,500 and a half yards, he'll have less than that. Now, this is what everyone sees. Everyone sees, wait, his arm's a little sore. Maybe, just maybe, he'll miss a game. Or maybe, just maybe, he'll be less effective. His arm's hurting, right? Maybe he'll run the ball more. And that's my main Mm -hmm. point. I think what is being missed by most is how many times in a season, if his arm is even feeling better, they'd know it was just sore. It could pop up any time. How many times do they run it in a situation that's close? It's like 50-50 runner pass, but last year they passed. This year they run, right? And then you think how many times at halftime or these long heaves, there might be three, four times this year they bring the backup in to do the 55-yard heave. And if just one of those gets completed... That means it's just in inge- or if they're up by 35 to 10, do they take him out halfway through the third quarter? In general, the things it takes to get yardage is efficiency and repetition or opportunity. How many times does he throw the ball? How efficient is he when he throws the ball? I think his efficiency may or may not be affected by his arm. I think most people think. It would be. That's why people like the under here. But I think the lack of opportunity on top of that makes Stafford under passing yards a really good bet. What do you think? I think he's going to miss significant time this season. Wow. I think he's. I think that he will have a procedure done on this arm. And my handicap on this is last year he's, de- he's dealt with this. He's had the injection. It seems to be a pain tolerance issue, correct? So last year he had something that was less severe but mm-hmm. similar. Yes, but dealt with it. You're, and last season was the season to play through pain. He gets traded to the Rams. It was his prove-it season. His prove-it season, the best opportunity he's ever had to win a Super Bowl with a roster that was ready to win a Super Bowl. The writing was on the wall. The fourth seed. This was the team, right? 
So you play through the pain. You go through the season. You now have won the Super Bowl. He has accomplished the ultimate goal in the sport without, you know, forget about the Hall of Fame, but the mm-hmm. ultimate goal in the sport. This the, team, you're talking about the Hall of Fame game? Yes, exactly. This, <laughs> this team, we know, is good enough to contend again this year. Yep. However, having won the Super Bowl last season, is it worth it for Matthew Stafford to push himself this year and play through lingering pain or take a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. get a procedure done, come back pain-free, and be fresh and healthy in the playoffs? How many times has Stafford beaten 4,500 yards throwing in his career? He hasn't beaten it since 2013. So he beat it last year? Last year was the first time since 2013. So 14, no. 15, no. 16, no. All the way through 21, no. 22. Yeah. Well, I guess. Or 21, yes. Yes, okay. Huh. I like this. I like it. I now, love it. Listen, Robinson Robinson from the Bears is getting rave reviews in camp. Mm-hmm. If you want to get at this another way, and it kind of has two handicaps to it, I think you go under Cooper Cup yards. He had yes. the monster last year. If you believe that, and then if Robinson's playing so well, maybe the yards get spread around more. And Kevin O'Connell's not there anymore. And uh, he was the coordinator who kind of was the guru of the passing game. In a, in a way, he discovered the system that unlocked him. Yes. And you know they'd want to prove it with another. But here's the thing. They've signed Cooper a long contract. They don't want him necessarily getting banged on. You know, So it's over under 1,300 and a half. So 1,300 yards and an extra half. You can go under or over. We're, I like under. I'm going to make that a second best bet here. You like that one too? Yeah. That was the one I gave out. On my own before the Stafford one. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.